A quick note before the podcast begins. We're going to be a little late getting our graphics up on both YouTube and our webpage. Life is just busy and that's how it goes sometimes. If you want information about Reality Strikes or any of the graphics that we talk about in this podcast, just write me and I'll send them to you. Thanks. Enjoy the show. This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Hi, Sensei Michelle here. Welcome to another episode of Wildcat Dojo Conversations. Today I'm sitting with Sensei Jackie, of course. Hi, everybody. And Landon. Hi, everyone. And today our guest is Glenda. Hi there. Glenda is so many things. One, she's an art teacher at, I believe, Franklin Academy here in Broward County, Florida. Correct. But she's also the, the mother of a beautiful daughter, who will remain nameless for now, and the wife of a very good friend and a very old friend of mine, Sensei Tim. So did I miss any of the big points? I know you were a Teacher of the Year winner two years ago. No, a few years ago. About five years. Four or five years ago. That's exciting. Florida Art Educator of the Year. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and we don't even want to get into how important art is in schools and how underfunded it is because that's so a whole other nightmare. We're going to talk about reality strikes and how it's my opinion that everybody needs to know some. And I promise you, this will not be boring. We'll have some fun with it. We'll talk about some crazy things and we'll try to get at least two laughs in along the way. <laughs> so don't shut us off quite yet. This conversation is for all people. It's for men, it's for women, and it's for children. I think that it's a real smart idea to go through days having something in your head like some of your headspace is taken with, what if this happened, what would I do? I don't think it's a scary thought. I think it's a preparation thought, like kind of like knowing where a gas station is so that on your way to work, you can pick it up instead of running out of gas. That's right. It's kind of like having a roadmap to your life. Another avenue along that road. That's correct. You add it to whatever, all the other things that are in your head. But you can't get used to doing it and it isn't um, hard. Now, the other night I held a self-defense class where Glenda attended, and, and let me ask you, since that class, have you been more aware? Absolutely. I checked the back of my car. I checked both sides of the car. And even though I've always been kind of aware of my surroundings because I'm a city girl, I'm a little bit more aware now. So one of the things is if you have somebody to talk to about this kind of stuff, it brings it back up in your head, and that's what you need. I always recommend you have some sort of a friend where you bring this kind of stuff up now and then, whether it's making the habit of telling people where you're going if you are going out so that it helps you remember that these are the kind of things you need to do on a daily basis. Just to be safe, not just these days, all days. It's always been this way. One of the things I want to start with is the three areas of the body that you want to attack when you're going to save your own life. It is the face, the eyes and the nose specifically attack the brains and the breathing. The throat attacks the breathing. And the groin and knees, as well as the tops of the feet, attack the ability for the person to chase after you. When I was coming up, they would call it the brains, the breathing, and the shock absorbers. I don't even know if they use shock absorbers in cars anymore, and I'm sure none of us know that, right? No. I don't know. But anyway. <laughs> I don't even know what that is. The shock... <laughs> Look it up and see what they say online when you read shock absorbers. And let's make a little mental note to bring that up at the end. Shock absorbers, in this case, stands for the ability for the person to run after you. I also want to mention that a lot of people like a nice, swift kick in the belly. 
I'm not a big proponent of hitting in the belly because some people are very barrel chested and they're very muscular down through their abs and you want to do as much damage as you can with every strike. So you want to hit either a really bony area that you can break the bone like the top of the feet or a real soft tissue area like the groin and the neck where you can do some damage with that strike. And I also want to mention that if you do carry things in your hand like a book bag or even your cell phone, what a great weapon that is. Can you picture the cell phone smashing against a nose and how painfully wonderful that would be? Or at night uh, with a flashlight on your phone, you always have those and those are super bright. That's a really good one. That is a good one. I didn't even have that one on my notes. Way to go, Landon. Does anybody have any other things that they carry a lot? I'm mostly a bag person. Big bags. I normally, most times, always have a key on me, either in my backpack or when I'm traveling or something. Most times I'll have a key. One of the things I also started to do is, now that I have a new car, it's keyless entry. And so I don't carry my keys in my hand anymore. Since I took your training, I now carry my keys in my hand, especially at night. Nice. On the way to the car. And now I know how to use them correctly. (laughs) And let me say that there was a small blurb on Traveling Online about a week ago saying that that is an urban myth, using keys as a weapon. And I'm going to say I stand in argument to that because it is true that when you stick a key out of every finger, and you know what? I'm about to talk to you about how we're going to put those graphics on YouTube. So we'll put that graphic up too, okay? You put the keys sticking out of your fingers... You have to make that strike come vertically down the face. Your hand is vertical in, in the air. It's not, your, your fist is not held horizontally. And that's what the man said. Well, everybody will hold their hand horizontally. And I'm thinking, it's not rocket science. Once someone shows you, you know it. So, and most people do vertically punch if they don't have training in punching. So they will scrape up and down. And so it should work just fine. I am a big proponent of it even though he argued against it the other day. And now with all of the remote, I'm a proponent of when you have that remote in your hand, you know where the panic button is on it. And, it, and the noise is as also a deterrent. And yeah. the lights. We love noise. We're big <laughs> proponents of loud noises. Noise is the best. So Landon's going to put a few graphics up on our YouTube page. Hey, they should probably already be there because this episode is going to air on December 9th. We are just at the beginning of November while we're taping this. So the we should have the graphics up by now. And we'll have a picture of those keys and we'll have some other ideas for your self-defense fun. <laughs> and they will be very helpful. Well, they certainly won't hurt. <laughs> well, they'll hurt the other guy. <laughs> okay, they'll be on our web page and on the YouTube page, both of which are called Wildcat Dojo. So it's easy to find. The only web presence that I have that isn't called Wildcat Dojo is the blog that I created about teaching children, and it is called kickswithkids.blogspot.com. That was a lot of cheese. So if you're interested, you can search that out. Okay, let's get back on track. Great defensive strikes. You know what? Let's do this as a round robin. You start me out. Anything that you like going towards the face, Landon. Anything on the nose. Anything that So like I can a, use. the flat of your hand against the nose is a good one. Or a water bottle, too. Very good. Nice. I like it when you have your fingers straight out and poke them right into the eyes. And I'm going to add to that 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 was my teacher, Master Joe Collegian's favorite strike. 
which, uh, being a grown man, you would think he would be the kind of guy who would use the punch, but he loved those fingers in the eye and love, isn't it gross to it think is, of? It's gross to think about it. <laughs> it makes you tingle. It's very gross to think of, but you have to put it in context. It's that and live. Yes, that sir. is what sure. exactly it is, because so the karate true. person believes that you're only fighting for your life. You'll give up worldly possessions and try not to have an ego or a possessiveness about it, but your life is worth fighting for. So in that context... It's one little gross moment of I goo, and then, <laughs> and then you're on to talk about it the next day. So, fingers in the eye sockets, good one. Um, I'm still learning about this, so I'm... How about I add, um, same with the nose, we do the hammer fist. The hammer fist is where your fist is all um, made, like you're going to punch somebody, but instead of using the knuckles, you use the soft part of your hand that's near your little finger. And you smash it downward on the nose. That's a great strike. I wonder if they can hear me hitting my own hand in the tape. And I'm doing it lightly and it hurts. So, <laughs> <laughs> You know what else staying in that area? I like it when the two hands clasp on the ears. And that creates a vertigo in the person. Mm-hmm. And it can also break that little eardrum. I, I don't remember what that little piece is called. But they can't, it can get broken if you do it. So don't do it to yourself or your friends. All these strikes are easy to use and play with, and they can be done on pillows. They can be done in sand at the beach. They can be done on trees. But don't forget the bark is kind of tough, so (laughs) be prepared for that for your hands. Okay, let's move down the body to the throat. You could use a straight punch. You could do that. I like a a knife hand. It's a karate chop uh, with the pinky side of the hand right towards the throat. I like the thumb. Right in about the middle. Right where your breathing tube is, your windpipe. (laughs) So So that's... Okay, don't do this to yourselves at home like you just did. (laughs) It is a a great strike, though. It is. (laughs) And, of course, we all love the web of the hand. Yeah, I wasn't sure what it was called. So when you take the web of the hand, you're you're spreading your thumb away from the rest of your hand and making kind of a V-shape and going right for, I guess... Like the windpipe. Yeah. Right into the windpipe. No, the windpipe. (laughs) We could say the grown-up word, but I stay away from it because it's tricky for me to not mess up. Anybody (laughs) want to go down that road? I think you're referring to the larynx. Thank you. But I think that's the voice box. Okay. It's all there together? It's all there together. Oh, good. All right. Let's move to the lower body. Of course, the only one good way to hit the groin area, and that's using the shin. It's a dancer's kick. You just come straight up with that leg. No training is required. And you try to pick that person up off the ground using your shin bone, if it's possible to pick them up. And they will say, ouch, if not other words. (laughs) I know. It makes me smile to think of it, too. And I love that one because I danced. I was a ballet dancer for 30 years. So for me, that's like the first thing I would do because to me, it's just easy. And Glenda, I don't know if you remember the one that we did in self-defense, hitting the knee and going down to the foot. Yes. Great one. I was just getting to the knee, so that's good. Mm -hmm. So you're bringing your foot into their kneecap on the front of it, and you're scraping your shoe down their bone and ending on the top of their foot. Now, we already have Jackie doing one bit of research, but I had read not long ago and also a long time ago that it only takes four pounds of pressure to break the top of a foot. So that is not a big stomp. And that's correct because we're actually doing a unit in that, in science, and that is correct. Nice. I love when you're science class and I match. (laughs) What was our other little backtrack thing, Jack? Oh, do we have uh, shock absorbers in our cars now? 
And the answer is? The answer is yes and no. It's part of what they call the McPherson strut. <laughs> but we don't have actual shock absorbers like the old days. And anyone who's out there listening to us who would like to write in about that. <laughs> I was just going to say. Th- there's four people sitting here and none of us are mechanics. No. So but if you are, close. but if you are, <laughs> please, please help us out. And we'll bring it up. Yes. We'll, we'll correct ourselves <laughs> or add on to it. Okay. So when I set my strike pattern that I fall in love with, I have a, what I call a three pack. I have three strikes and each one hits a different area. So. I don't swear by this because I have my own attitude, but it could be one example could be the palm heel strike to the nose, the other hand hitting into the throat and the shin coming into the groin. And you could do it in the opposite order. You could start with that groin strike or start with that heel stump on the foot and then work your way up the body. Those three strikes in anything but the most psychotic situations, you're going to be able to run away and get help with using just those three strikes to save yourself. The other one that we learned the other day was using your elbow and I don't know all the correct terminology but using your elbow kind of twisting your body using your elbow against the head and it works because I did it to Sensei Tim (laughs) and And he was not happy with me he was kind of surprised (laughs) okay and I do love an elbow strike and the only reason I didn't bring it up in this podcast is because you really need to be with the teacher you need to have some visibility you need to have some practice with that one with the hitting on the face and the creating a fist that works like a hammer like you're hammering something into the ground or stomping on the feet no training is required but I do love an elbow strike and I do keep it in my my personal arsenal Alrighty, anybody want to add anything to strikes well I love the idea that if um you or the kids are playing baseball or any sport that has a stick that hitting uh, in the knees with that a bat or a hockey stick or holding it so that it goes into the nose or face of the person or the groin or the groin or the tops of the feet i guess they go everywhere (laughs) that your your arms and hands would go but they they really can add some power to a, a less powerful person Umbrella works too. And I love those short sticks because they're very, they don't take training. They're very easy to adapt to a person who doesn't want to spend a lot of time in any kind of a training situation. And this will be on our YouTube. You can use a Lysol or any type of spray into an eye or eyes. That is good, Landon. And the only thing I want to tell you about spray cans, and I am a proponent because I keep them by my doorways. They're, they're very innocuous to see. But on the other hand, they're great to, to get somebody off of you. Is you need to make sure you get one where you know which direction it's spraying in. Oh, because definitely. the same with pepper spray. Anything like that you use outside, depending on the winds, it could go very, very poorly, very, very quickly. Yes. And since you taught me that trick as well, um, I'm a teacher and I have two doors in my classroom. But we have to be prepared for code reds. And that's kind of a scary thing for everybody. Mm-hmm. But one of the things I did do right after the training, the next morning, I put my Lysol spray can right next to the door. Nice. All I have to do is reach up on the cabinet and get it. It's away from the kids so they can't reach it. And it's there if I need it. That's Excellent. a really good idea. Excellent for teachers. And can I just say the can itself is also a great weapon. Oh, it's totally. Heavy. You go, yeah, and if you hit it anywhere into the skull area... It creates massive bleeding right away because those blood vessels are right there against the skull. So everything's really um, exposed. All right. I'm going to move on to common sense. 
So we're off of hitting. I wonder how they liked hitting. I hope you found it as laughable as we did. If you have any strikes that you use, let us know. Good one, Landon. I like the saying, the best way to get out of trouble is to just stay out of trouble. Mm -hmm. And how simple it is to do that. For example, just to pay attention in your daily life. Just to be observant. It surprised me when I first started doing this, which was decades ago, the things that I would observe that weren't trying to hurt me, like how beautiful the day was. The fact that my next door neighbor got a new car, for example, or something like that. Like I would notice things that I never would have noticed with my head down, being driven to the next point and not paying attention to the world I was walking around in. And does that also mean not staring down at our phones these days as we're walking? I don't know if I want to open that can of worms. I'm not <laughs> sure that I want to open that can of worms. That may not be in the in the in the, in the um, actual event. Obviously, you don't want to walk through mm. yourself into a manhole, and that is also a YouTube video. <laughs> or into a dangerous situation. You could yeah. be looking down, and boom, something can happen right there. And the other the other thing about the best way to um, get out of trouble is to stay out of trouble is try to be a courteous person. Everybody's stressed. Everybody's running. Even in driving, I'm surprised at the amount of people that get so angry so quickly over something that is so inconsequential. Mm -hmm. And that's because they brought the anger with them into the day. And if they could just bring just a small, small courtesy line with them, which we already talked about, that comes from breathing nice and deep down into your belly. Yes. And that gives you an opportunity to say, oh, yeah, it is a day and I am alive. Why not laugh a little? So two things, uh, the best way to stay out of trouble. One is pay attention. And the other one is, I wrote here, don't be a jerk. <laughs> is that, <laughs> it's a good way to put I it. I like that. It's is an that, easy way to put it. I like that. Is that too I, plain? I think that the, the karate saying that you always teach us is that kindness is not weakness and cruelty is not strength. That's a can of worms, but it is true. Okay. The second one that I want to bring up is your brain is your best weapon. Yes. Somebody take off with that. It, it, it relates to talk with courtesy. Because yes, if you think before you let those words come out of your mouth, they'll come out of your mouth with a little bit edited. That's right. And also um, being aware if someone comes in, you need your brain to, to be able to give a description of the person. Um, That's a good one. You need to remember where where you're going, what you're doing, and just to keep focus on what the day is going to bring. And I agree with Sensei Jackie. And actually, it was this morning on the bus, I heard somebody was over the radio and they got, the bus got in an accident. No kids on the, on the bus, but the person drove away and the bus driver did not get the license plate because he was so worried. Oh my gosh, my bus. But that, your brain, you need to think what is the most important right now. Right. As observant as you can be. I agree with everything you guys are mm-hmm. saying. You know what else I, I wrote here? If you were to be confronted, you could use your brain as a weapon by bringing up your own personal verbal skills. Like mm. you could lie to them. And even in when I'm testing black belts, I always encourage them when they're going to do a self-defense technique, when we're going to practice it, to start with saying something. Say something like, hey, man, whatever you want. So it gives you a chance to... Let yourself think of what you're going to do yes. while you're getting their mind onto something else. Just, but that's something you can practice. That's right. And what you're breathing at that point too. So you're bringing a little more oxygen to the brain. And you're able to calm yourself down and think. 
think. That's I'm not sure thing. we'll go all the way to calm yourself down. <laughs> you'll, you'll be able to catch your breath yes, because you're right. going to be breathless yes. for that for that millisecond. Ooh. And it can be really scary. Well, that's, that's also kind of something they teach us as a teacher. When we have to have a conference with a parent, when you guys have um, meetings in school, do you ever do this? Because it's what I'm about to talk about. Do you ever practice on each other? Having a, a conference about a student who isn't doing so well so that you can practice the we verbiage. We do with new teachers. I've been a new teacher mentor for many, many years. And with our new teachers, we always do that. We do it with verbal. We do it with written as well. Because you don't oh, want to yeah. have a new teacher, especially, right? You know, your kid is being a jerk and they don't know how to listen to me. And so I suggest you get a self-defense pal. And you play what-if games, and you practice what you're going to say to each other, and you watch each other doing the different striking patterns. It's not this big, horrible thing. It actually can be a lot of laughs, especially if you included a glass of wine or, say you didn't go that way, a milkshake. <laughs> Either way, it could be a fun day. That's true. Right? Let's name a couple of what-ifs. I, I play a what-if game if I'm sitting in a theater, and oh. um, I'm watching the people go up and down the aisle. What if someone really huge came to me and started pulling me out of my seat? And generally their knees are just about the height of uh, where I would be sitting. And, and I, I think, how would I attack them then if I needed to? I was in a public place yesterday, and I have no idea where it is. How funny is that? <laughs> and I remember standing there looking at the size and the shape of all the different people and um, kind of just sizing up what the people looked like and what it looked like they were doing and so on and so forth because you're in a public place mm. and, a, you know, not crowded like we weren't touching bodies, but there was 35 people there. So it's not a bad use of time because you're bored anyway. You're either going to be doing that or playing one of the games. I'm going to go with Angry Birds. Is that out now? <laughs> or do they still play it? I have no clue. So this is a way better use of your time. And I think... You would agree with this. Uh, I think that Glenda would agree with this, is that in school, every single year, do you change classrooms ever? I don't because I'm an art teacher, so okay. the art room was the art room. So, well, for teachers or students like me who go to different rooms every year in the in middle school and high school, six to eight different rooms, find your exit, find your weapons in the room if God forbid something mm -hmm. happened. Absolutely. And my teachers, they get training. And that's why every month we have a drill mm -hmm. to practice this. And that's my thing, to practice it, but not to be paranoid. And we, we tell our students, as long as you know what to do and you're prepared, mm -hmm. then we have a better chance at defending ourselves. Okay, three things. One, both of you are exactly correct. On preparation is everything. Two, I'm not going to shy away from speaking of the elephant in the room, and I am going to mention mass shootings because they are a yes. part of modern life. And I, I am, am going to say these just this couple of things. One, I am no expert, but I do read every single thing that comes across my screen or newspaper. And again, <laughs> dating myself there. And, um, I also search out information now and then, and all of the experts right now are in agreement that the plan should be, one, try to get away if you can't get away, hide. That is the number one thing. If you cannot get away, you must hide and definitely hide behind the most bulletproof thing you can. Yes. Literally do not try to be a hero. And the second thing they say, and it's kind of graphic and creepy, is you should try to look like you're no longer living. 
Yes. That is what they say about all the people who aren't there to save the day. That is what they should do. So that's all I can tell you about that horrifying thing at this point. This self-defense is meant more for personal safety, one-on-one, the Mm -hmm. self-defense that we're going over. And so let's get back to the laughter part of things, okay? Okay. The last thing is, I'll finish with, people like to shy away from self-defense because it's an uncomfortable subject. And I think it makes something less scary to talk about it. By not talking about it, you give it so much life over you. You give it so much control over you. But by talking about it, you kind of get the ooh-ah factor out <laughs> and right yes, and put yes, it right yeah. out there. And in terms of how to keep your head in an emergency, and I hate to do it this simply because I want it to be some complex thing, but the number one key is to breathe down into your cheek pocket immediately. Draw your air into your belly and let the strength that exists in you come up with it and get whatever job done that you need to do, whether it's ushering children or whether it's walking away from a fight that isn't important or whether it's striking somebody in the eye socket. Can I just give a shout out to Landon for quelling three sneezes in a row right there? <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. That, that was not easy. I can't, I can't even believe you pulled that off. That was impressive. <laughs> I felt them coming. I was like, ah! <laughs> okay. That's great. A- any last words? That's it for today. It was wonderful having Glenda here, wasn't it? Oh, yes, yes, it was. I told you we were going to have a great this time. This was great. And I just totally appreciate everything I've learned from you already. <laughs> and I am so not a karate person, but oh, I yeah, live I with I forgot one. to say you weren't a That's karate okay. person. I'm I, sorry. I am not a karate person. And it's, you know, this has just been great. I've learned so much. So thank you, ladies and gentlemen. It was fun. Y'all want to say goodbye one more time? Bye, everyone. (laughs) Before I sign off tonight, I just want to remind you to keep in touch with us at dojoconversations at AOL.com or through our webpage or Facebook, both called Wildcat Dojo. Thanks so much for listening and tell your friends. Till next week.